When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi healers, it's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free. So hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform. And the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log onto your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. 
As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the anxiety chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety chicks and join over 50. 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepanera. And I'm Taylor. And we are so excited to be back here. We apologize for our um, break we, we took last week, but you know, things happen and we appreciate everyone being understanding, um, especially during this time, you know, 2020, uh, whatever. I can't even talk about 2020, but I feel like, I feel like you and I were on the same page, like the same wavelength last week. Yes, though. So like I sure. get this message all the time and people are like, right before I start my period, I'm like a crazy woman. And I'm like, I just like black out. I feel like it's like, it's, it takes a whole week of my month. I am. Can I just tell you, and this is actually can segue into a couple minutes of me updating you guys on my dating stuff. But when I first started dating the guy I'm dating, I had my period a couple times and I literally just would start crying. And I'm like, <laughs> this guy's going to think I'm crazy. Like I'm just crying. And I know it was partly related to my anxiety with whatever was happening, but also like you're in some PMS. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you can see, I actually talk a lot about this on my page on Instagram because I don't think there's enough education about how much our hormones and chemicals change as women when we have, when we menstruate. And I mean, they have in the DSM, there's something called premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which essentially is like a depressive episode a week before you get your period. Like a lot of women. I have for sure diagnosed myself with that before. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, really, you can look it up and see, you know, if it's related but then to I, you. I feel bad. I feel bad when I diagnose myself with that because I have definitely like read some stories about some women who do have PMDD and it's like, yeah, it I never really want to take too. that from them because it yeah. sounds like it's, it's bad. I mean, I'm not going to like undermine mine, but I think my anxiety is aggravated right before my period. I 100%. For me, it's more anxiety. Yeah. It's less depressive, but like, I mean, listen, you guys, I always talk about how depression and anxiety are kind of like siblings. You know, they are, they go hand in hand so often, mostly because the thoughts that we are experiencing when we have anxiety or depression are very similar, but the symptoms can look very different. Yeah. So when you break it down, like what's going on in our brain can look very similar with both of them. Um, but the way we, we behave and our behavior with it can look different, but I know I get, I mean, you guys have, if you listen to the dating with anxiety episode yet, if you haven't go back and listen to it, but I talk all about my anxiety related to when I was dating and also kind of had my period throughout the couple months that we were hanging out because thank God he's so patient and understands wait, that wait, that wait, isn't wait. really me, but... <laughs> 
You you just said when I was dating, as in you are boyfriend and girlfriend now. I we are yes. Oh! We talked about it. <laughs> I know. We got an update, people. Yeah, I don't even know if that's you know. I was talking to a couple people that were DMing me about relationships and asked them saying to me, you know, I don't know what to do because I know people don't really talk about what people are anymore, like the the boyfriend thing, you know, right? I I guess maybe more often now it's like you just kind of fall into it and you see if you're exclusive and you know you're exclusive, but maybe you don't ever really have the, are you my boyfriend? Are you my girlfriend? talk what? like I don't that doesn't that doesn't work for my I, people were saying that I well that's what I was people were saying that's kind of what happens now and I was like uh I needed to have that conversation and I you're I was like, like I'm not a part of Gen Z what can I call you <laughs> seriously I'm like if that's Gen Z then yeah maybe but if you I will also say that okay maybe that's kind of like how it happens these days more often is you don't really have a conversation but if you're the kind of person that wants to yeah. have a conversation about that and wants to know about that and that's important to you, then do it. You know, yeah, that's one hundred percent. So we did. We had a conversation and it's been awesome. And we spent the weekend together this past weekend for the first time, like like did y'all go anywhere just, or just like in We town? did. Yeah. We had like oh. a actual yeah, we went Vacation. to this like kind of um, – it's really cool actually, you guys. In Philadelphia, they have this thing called the Eastern State Penitentiary and it's a very old jail. It's a really old um, – like Al Capone. I don't know if you know who that is. He's like an old yeah, gangster. Yeah, yeah. Um, his jail cell was, was that there. mafia? Yes. He's kind of, yeah, he was kind yeah, of like yeah. a, a mafia gangster. Um, it's just such a – it's such a cool place to go and it's really creepy. I like creepy things. Um and we went there and we just went dinner, walked around the city and it was so lovely. And we just. Wow. I know. I saw your story and I was like, that doesn't look like her place. So I was like, where is she? <laughs> yeah. No, it, it wasn't. Not your place. I, no, no. Um, so yeah, you know, I've been very patient and I'm learning to trust things more. So if anyone listening sort of in the beginning stages of dating or in a relationship, you know, I I will tell you, I couldn't have gotten through half of the things that were going on in my brain without talking to my therapist. I mean, I was talking to her like once a week and it was so helpful and I still am. And I'm just learning to trust it. And he's such a kind, awesome person. I just really really hope, I I hope that it continues, but you know, I'm trying not to think of the what ifs or anything like that. So if y'all were listening, um, in our past episode, Allison kind of touched on when we were talking about the dating episode, she touched on attachment anxiety. And we actually have a special guest next week. Yes. We'll be diving in. Yes. We're so excited. We're not sure when the episode's coming out. We're going to record next week. So just stay tuned for that. But that will be in the next couple of weeks. We'll have an episode on attachment anxiety that will be yeah. awesome. And that will help. That will be so helpful for anyone that's newly dating or who's been in a relationship for 10 years like and yeah. feels anxious. The this is going to be amazing information. So tune into that. Um so yeah, that's kind of how have you been, Taylor? Update us because I think what you're going to tell us is going to actually <laughs> lead us into our discussion today, which we're talking about physical symptoms and how it relates to anxiety. So fill us in on what's been going on. So um Everyone knows that COVID's spiking right now. And for me, I feel like we are just, I feel like we took it so seriously when it spiked like this in March. Like everyone was on the same boat. Like we were all like, okay, we're going to like, we're going to buckle down. We're all going to like sacrifice our like 
our wants to take care of our health. And then it feels like we're at this spike and now it's a tear between like half of your friends wanting to do these things and you being torn by being like, no, I'm not going to do that because of COVID. And you almost feel uncomfortable. And so I have been going to do stuff. And by going to do stuff, I mean like going to a dinner or something. But I mean, it is still a lot of people like I'm in Dallas, Texas, guys, and you would think COVID doesn't exist here. I mean, you would literally, yeah, it's bad. That's what I heard from people that have been in Florida, too. I know there's other states probably, but like no one wears masks. That, that's what someone was telling me about, like where they it's were in just Florida. Like, <laughs> I feel like some people think like, like here's the rules. So we have to wear a mask when you're like walking around a restaurant, but once you sit down, you can take it off. So we have this place called Legacy Hall, which is like this huge garden and um, garden with like tables and stuff. And there's been concerts every Friday and Saturday night. And and it's, it's almost like these people think like when you sit down and take off your mask that like COVID's like, oh, she's sitting. Like <laughs> we can't is it, is it outside though? Yeah, but it's like mass amount of people. Like if you, I wish I had a picture to show you. It's like you would think it was a straight up co- like a country concert. Okay. Like a famous person. That's, it's That's bad. a little intense. It's enough for me to cringe. And like we had a waiter and he was literally like, I was like, do you want to sit in my lap? Like that's how close he was getting. Like I, I feel like, and and he, his mask was hanging down. So it's just like there's all this like uncomfortableness with like how I feel versus like how relatives feel or how your friends feel and how serious they want to take it. And then you're weird for like standing up for yourself, especially like for me, it's hard for me to be like, hey guys, can y'all wear your mask? Like I am a very people pleaser person. So I'm not going to be the one to say that. But then I'm the one left with the after effect of spending a whole week diagnosing myself with COVID, especially like Allison and I were talking about before this episode with the weather changes. I don't know if any of you guys get affected, but we had like a high of 80 and then the next day it was a high of 60. And like right after that day, I am just congested. I'm tired. I have a headache. And then like I'm sitting here just like in my thoughts. Like yesterday, I was so in my thoughts. I feel so bad. I didn't do like music therapy Monday on my stories. And I was just like, oh, I'm letting everyone down. And then I went into a spiral of like, okay, but I got to take care of myself. And then like I tried to work out. I told Allison this. I tried to work out and I was just like, shortness of breath. I'm feeling it. And it's like, no, like I wasn't. But uh, can I tell you also, I've been experiencing experiencing the same exact things. And I think some of my stuff is really to, to allergies. Like I just have allergies at random times. And I think because it's actually- Oh my the- gosh. Me what? too. But yeah. I like look up pollen and it's low. Yeah. Yeah. But, but also I'm affected by it like even if it's the day after or something. Like oh, when the okay. wet- Yeah. So the weather here has been like gorgeous the past- well, maybe they're not the two days or whatever, but like when the weather changes one, that's definitely a trigger for for me. And also- I'm <clears> thinking <throat> that's more common than, and it's not talked about. I think people are severely affected by weather, significant weather changes, like immediate. Oh, totally. Well, so let me tell you. So I've been getting like, my nose has been running a little bit. Like I've been coughing, right? Like I'm like, <clears throat> like, and of course I can't cough now without thinking I have no. COVID. Okay. I'm yeah. coughing. 
And I've been a runny nose and I'm like, my throat hurts a little bit, but like, okay, I'll take a day quill. I took a day quill, felt totally better. I was like, okay. Yeah. So then honestly, you know what I've been doing? I literally am making myself taste food and drink things. So I don't know if I can and smell things. Allison. Because Allison. the taste and the smell. I'm like, can I still smell this? Can I still Allison. smell this? <laughs> I thought it was just me. <laughs> I straight up pick up a candle every like 20 minutes oh and I'm like, God. can I smell this? I'm like, okay. I, I literally I chewed my I chewed my food too long last night just to like try and taste it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I can't taste it. And then I'm like, no, you just chewed it for like literally 10 minutes. Of course you can't taste it. Oh, I'm being so dramatic right now, Allison. Like I know. I don't know uh, what's going on. I, I and and so this is, I mean, this is gonna be part of our topic today. Like, yeah. We're gonna talk a lot about how physical symptoms really affect anxiety and how they go, how physical symptoms are part like the mind and the body are connected and how what we feel physically can 100% be totally related to our anxiety. So, yeah. you know, or it can, you know, it can influence our anxiety. Like we might be feeling completely calm and fine. And then we do have a physical symptom that happens. I mean, yeah. maybe we do have a stomach ache from something we ate or something, and then it just sparks our anxiety about things. Right. So, I, I think the one thing that's really important to say, which is probably something that I've said over and over on here, so if it's repetitive, <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is really important, is that everyone's anxiety looks different for them. So everyone's physical symptoms that they have that's related to their anxiety is going to look different. So something yes. that, right? So like Taylor and I will both talk a little bit about our physical symptoms and what happens to us when we each get anxious. And you'll see that there's there's going to be a difference. So Taylor, talk about your experience. Because I know you had you have panic disorder. Yeah. So I feel like with panic disorder and health anxiety, so yours is like super GI. Yes. You're like Mine all is like GI. all in my stomach. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't feel like I've ever heard you talk about like feeling dizzy or – um, oh, I do sometimes when I get a flare, when I get like a, oh, you know what? The acid reflux thing. That's not necessarily related to anxiety, but I do get a throat. I do get throat closing up sometimes. Yeah. And so that makes me dizzy, but not, that's very rare. Yeah. Mine so, sorry, is my like, dog is like, oh, hi, Izzy. It's Izzy, right? Yeah. She's like trying to get me to whatever with her bone. Sorry. Go on. Aww. Okay. Well, I, mine's panic disorder. Mine was panic disorder with a health anxiety, which I feel like is the worst combo. So if you are struggling with that, just know you're not alone. And it is very debilitating. And it is very hard to believe that the symptoms you're feeling are, I hate to say just from anxiety. Like I, I would say that before, but it's not, it's not minimizing anxiety. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but it's better than a heart attack, you know? So like, right. um, a lot of people, this is actually a question I think is good to answer on here because so many people are like, how do I know though that this isn't something bad? And a cardiologist told me one time, he was like, if you are having a heart attack or a stroke, you would not have time to sit around and wonder or question, am I having a heart attack? Am I having a stroke? Like it would, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't be so focused on your physical symptoms. Like you would be, people would be calling 911 for you. Right. Right. That's actually um, really good insight. Oh, it was the best. It was the best advice a cardiologist ever gave me. I was like, it, it made me feel so much better because I feel like we can spend an hour obsessing over our heart palpitating weird or um, 
feeling like we're having a stroke, like uh, our faces maybe droop. I can't, I can't tell you the amount of times I've looked in the mirror and tried to see if my fit one side of my face was drooping. Um, but we wouldn't feel like dizzy for an hour if we were having a stroke, like we would be just having a stroke. Right, we wouldn't yeah. feel our heart racing or palpitating for an hour if we were having a heart attack. We would just be having a heart attack. Yeah. And yeah. so that really helped me. You wouldn't have that time to like obsess and question, is this something bad? You know? So is that your one of your main um, physical symptoms is dizziness? No, my, my main ones were uh, just severe like so heart palpitations and heart okay. racing thinking i was having a heart problem headaches thinking i had a brain tumor cuz it was the panic disorder symptoms but with the anxiety giving the di- i mean the health anxiety giving the diagnosis so it was the worst combo oh my gosh okay okay cuz i could have i was having about 10 like every couple hours a panic attack oh my gosh so I think that's where there's like a misconception because I had someone the other day be like, maybe your anxiety isn't that bad. And I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. So like panic disorder with health anxiety, which I feel like is a combo, a common combo. Yeah. Um, it's just like the the you would diagnose every symptom I had with some type of extreme illness. So it was never like something simple. Like I would diagnose the heart and the heart palpitations with a heart attack. I would diagnose the dizziness with a stroke. I would diagnose the eye twitching with a stroke. I would diagnose the headaches with a brain tumor. I would diagnose the like feeling of the floor. Like it would feel like I was walking on a boat or like the floor under me was like moving. So I would diagnose that with like ALS or MS. Like I used to watch gait videos on YouTube. Like people walk, like, do you know what gait is? Like having a gait? No. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like your gait, like the way you walk. I have so like never if heard your foot, wow. yeah. So like if you watch some people with like a neurological disorder, they like might slide their foot or like carry their foot a different way. So I would literally, I one time straight up, I videoed myself walking. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's so real. Um, oh but yeah, my so gosh. mine, mine was like these. Ext- I obsessed over the big picture, for, like you know what I mean. It was never something simple. It was like always like an instant thought. And it's like I didn't even have time to like not have the instant thought. Like my brain immediately went there. It was like heart palpitations, having heart attack, and then it would spiral. So like the more you're like, I'm having a heart attack, the symptoms get worse. And then you're like, oh, this is real. Yeah. And with panic disorder, it's so – you know, it might be different. It might look – the physical symptoms might seem – are so much worse than someone who has maybe general yeah. anxiety, who has had panic attacks before but doesn't have panic disorder um, because the physical symptoms are so intense. And so that's another thing about panic attacks versus anxiety attacks. Panic attacks are very sudden and they're very intense and they're very physical. And so – yeah. And so you could have shortness of breath, racing heart, um, dizziness, like gastrointestinal uh, issues. Um, you know, I've heard people have, you know, don't let this scare you, but some some of you guys might have experienced this. Some people have told me they've passed out um, during a panic attack, which again, is it, that's I'm like very, not the norm. Uh, yeah. Because your blood pressure rises. When you're having a panic attack. So this helped me too. A nurse told me one time, because I used to be like, I always feel like I'm going to pass out. 
Like every time I'd get a panic attack, it's like I would I would warn the people around me like, hey, I'm about to pass out. And I would say it over and over because I truly yeah. felt I was. And a nurse told me one time, he was like, your blood pressure is so high when you're panicked. Like, because he, he took it one time when I was having right. a panic attack. He was like, it's impossible for you to pass out. However, if you are prone to vagal synopsis or whatever, I always I say like that the word vagus, wrong. The vagus nerve maybe or something. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Like a, it's like some people are just more prone to passing out. And so like if you are more prone to passing out, you might trigger your vagus nerve. But that's like very specific people. Like most people, almost everyone, you would know if you're a passer outer. Most right. people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't it's right. impossible just, to pass out. But also, you know, there's just so many that's why when I say like anxiety this type of physical symptoms that are related to anxiety look so different for everyone. They look so different. So um, some people say they get, um, you know, some people get like tingling stuff in their hands or their Oh, yeah. Their I arms. would have that before panic attacks. So um, I would feel like a metal taste in my mouth kind of. And then like it felt like shooting things in my uh, fingers and toes. And then it felt like a heat rush through my body. And that's how I knew a panic attack was coming on. Wow. Yeah. Right. And see, so and what happens a lot of times and with clients that I work with they feel one specific symptom happen yep. and then mm-hmm. forget it. Then they're in a spiral. Forget it. Forget it. Go from like Literally. one to a, to a nine because they're like, oh my God, I'm getting one. And then everything yeah. starts. Yes. Yep. And then you have like every symptom. And that's actually kind of what happens with me with my gastrointestinal stuff. You know, I I actually feel like I'm managing it pretty well now because I'll tell you some of my coping skills in like a second, but – um. I, you know, in my brain, I would feel one type of pain in my stomach or I'd feel really nauseous or something just come on really quickly and I would go crazy. I would like spiral, spin and be like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Not being like, I'd be not in the moment. You know, I'd be experiencing some like derealization and I would just be like, I'd have to get out of the situation I was in. I'd just be so, and then I'd start and then the racing heart and the dizziness that would come along with it too. But um, that was a huge trigger. And it, and it still it still is for me, but I just manage it so much better now. So I'm able to – I know I talk a lot about the rating scale and how you know it's really good to understand your triggers and to know yeah. on a scale from 1 to 10 where you are with your anxiety, 1 being you know the calmest you've ever felt and 10 being like you have to go to the ER right now. So – I've done a very good job of becoming very aware of when I'm going to a two and a three and a four that I do all of the skills that I have and the, the, my, in my toolbox, you know, mm-hmm. um, I will practice them and wherever, wherever I am. And there's a lot of them I can do. So the one biggest one that I love that I do, um, all the time when I know I'm feeling is something called progressive muscle relaxation. I don't know if I talked about it on our yeah. podcast. I think no, I have. I don't have I? I don't think you've talked about it on our podcast. I've just we've talked about it, I think, on our pages before. Okay. Yeah. So I, I might have tapped into it. I don't know, but I'm talk about it again because it's so important and it's so helpful to me and so helpful to so many other people that I've worked with. Um so progressive muscle relaxation is essentially going through different parts of your body, different muscle parts, and and um contracting the muscle, like squeezing it very, very tight for a couple seconds. And then releasing and letting it relax. So 
and the science behind it, I'm not like a scientist, but the science behind it is essentially, um, from what I remember, is that, you know, you're constricting this muscle so tight that when you release them, it's almost like you're, you have this feeling of just kind of like being completely relaxed, like this release of your muscles just relaxes it. Um, and I do that. I do that starting with my eyes and like I scrunch my forehead, I scrunch my eyes for a couple seconds and I let go. I like smile really wide for a couple seconds and then I let go. <laughs> I bring my shoulders up to my ears for a couple seconds. Like, you know, it's like four or five and you guys go on YouTube and just, um, you know, you can, you can Google uh, PMR for anxiety and find amazing videos. Um, and then like I'll you know, put my hand in a ball, ball my hand up in a fist for a couple seconds and then release it. And it's just something about doing that. Like I actually did it yesterday because my, my cramps were really bad and I was feeling Mm -hmm. very like physically nauseous and all those symptoms were like coming to me. And it was like ridiculously amazing. I did it for 20 minutes and I felt so much better. Now I had to, you know, that was like a pretty severe for me, like pain that I was having, um, like mm-hmm. physical pain, but, um, and I had a heating pad on, this is all stuff too related to stuff you don't care about, but regardless, PMR is one of the best things. I love progressive muscle relaxation. Um, and another thing that really is helpful to me with, with that is I use peppermint essential oil. Yeah. And, I literally just take, I open it and I smell it and I take a mm-hmm. really deep breath in of the peppermint oil and it just does something. Yeah. It's just so like calming. I mean, peppermint, again, I'm not a scientist. Do not quote me on this, but I've read a lot about peppermint being really good for nausea. Oh, so, yeah. Um, so that's just two of the things that I that I've tried and I love, but it's 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 interesting. Just those that physical symptom of that just triggers me, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to feel like this. Like, what's going to happen? Yeah, um, I I definitely like you. I've gotten more. Uh, there have been some things recently that I've been. I think with this whole COVID thing, so like. When I say I'm recovered, I've talked about this before, but like that it means I just don't have those extreme panic attacks or or panic attacks where I need to go to the ER or go or like that ruin my whole day. So like I yes, I have anxiety and like lately what I've been struggling with is actually dissociating. Oh, what do you mean? So like like just um like I'm not here. Like I'll be in like like I was right. at dinner the other night and I'm like I felt like I just like, like, is this life? Like, is life real? Like, and normally back then when I was having the extreme panic disorder, that would have sent me into full on panic attack. I'm dying. But now it's like, so like it happened to me at, um, so the weirdest thing is I was listening to this other anxiety page doing a, uh, Instagram live and she was talking about it. And like, since listening to her, I'm like, gosh, dang it. She described it way too in detail to where like, I think my brain was like mimic. Okay. Mimic it. And now I'm like going to that place. It's like, I'd never had that before. I never really, I had mm-hmm. some depers derealization, depersonalization kind of back in the day, but like, it's weird. I was like, even like wa- watching a YouTube video yesterday and I'm like, it's like I blacked out. I'm like, what did she just say? Like those last five minutes, it was weird. And then I like got weird wow. and I was like, 
oh, I think I feel like I'm not like, I'm like, I'm not here. Like this time isn't real right now. And I never had that before. I think that one's not talked about enough. No, no, I agree. Well, and and the the thing is too, that, you know, we should have mentioned in the beginning of this is that if you, if you guys are experiencing certain physical symptoms and you haven't yet gone to your doctor about them. I mean, that's really the first step of all of this. Like you want, if you're experiencing something physically, you always want to go to a doctor to rule out, you know, anything medical and anything more serious that is going on. You know, we're not going to sit here and say that every single thing you're feeling physically is like related to anxiety. I mean, we're not saying that, right? There's so many, the mind and the body are connected, but 1000% you always want to get go to your doctor to rule rule other medical conditions out before and also you know before they before anything and you just say oh it's anxiety you know it might you might just you want to talk to a doctor i mean it's good and it's good to talk to a doctor that you feel like can also you know um maybe consult with a therapist that you're seeing or a yeah. counselor that you're seeing you know if cuz yeah. cuz there's so much connection there so my advice on that, so yes, I used to take that and run when people would say, you need to go to a doctor. I would tell my parents, well, guys, I need to go to a doctor. And they're like, Taylor, you've already been to a doctor. So here's my thing. You go to the doctor one time. Exactly. And if that doctor lets you leave that building with no extra test, he would not, he, she, he or she would not let you leave that building if something was wrong with you and they wanted to test something more. Yes. Trust exactly. me, they make good money doing those extra special tests on you. Right. They want no. to do those. But if they look at you and they're like, she or he is fine, you got to, that's when you have to sit down with yourself and be like, I'm okay. And like the doctor really? wouldn't let me leave the building if I wasn't okay. Like if you went to the doctor and they felt like you were dying truly, they would admit you to the hospital immediately. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But so if you're like, listening to this and you have never been to a doctor or yes. you are wondering, yeah. like, go, okay? Yeah. But if you've been already and they said that things yeah. are okay. Do not take Allison's advice to your parents and be like, Allison said I need to go to the hospital yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. No, no. no. <laughs> for people who have not actually seen a doctor and might yeah. be feeling some physical stuff because it is important to at least go once. Yeah. Um, me like weekly. No. No, you definitely don't want to be doing. I mean that that now that is health anxiety. That's like illness yeah. anxiety. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, everyone has different physical symptoms. I think it's important to recognize, like that that is connected to anxiety. That the mind and the body are connected, and that we're just having. There's just learning a lot more inf- education now about how there's a lot of things physically that we experience that can be related to what's going on in our brain. So and I can't I can't recommend it enough guys but like when you have a panic attack and you feel those physical symptoms you slightly black out like you slightly have this like forgetful it, when you're in that irrational state and you go back to rational you kind of forget that irrational state of mind and so then you have another panic attack and you're like this one feels so different this one it's real this time I'm really dying this time this is why journaling and writing down your physical symptoms immediately after or if you're capable during a panic attack, which is really hard to do. But if you're if you're capable during or after writing down every symptom you felt and like how like it just it just writing out like literally every thought you had, because I go back and I read so many of my journal entries and they were all really the same. 
but every panic attack felt so different. Like it felt so real. It's like, I would always say that too. I'm like, no, this time. I remember yeah. saying that so much. I'm like, no, this one's different. I'm really dying this time. Yeah. No, I know. Well, and you guys have to remember too that, you know, I, I didn't say that. I've said this on other podcasts probably so many times, but the reason that our, our mind and our body are connected is because of our nervous system. So our sympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system is our fight or flight response. So every time we feel like we're in a dangerous situation or threatening situation, our nervous system responds to that. And it physically responds as well, which is why our sympathetic nervous system is activated and all of those physical symptoms come into play because we think we're in danger, which we're which goes back to, you know, the caveman days of protecting ourselves and how we need that response in order to actually protect ourselves from something that is dangerous, whether it's a bear or something, right? Back in the day. But we so we still have that response. And that's what creates those physical symptoms. So it's a bio- biological thing happening. And that's why our brain creates these stories. And that's why many times when we have panic disorder or anxiety disorders, we have to work on rewiring the way that we're thinking because that's really what's going what's gonna to change it. So, But I love that you said that about journaling because that brings me to like our, my healing tip of the week. I... I think that along with the journaling, I love that. And now I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, when you're in the middle of a panic attack, do about that journal <laughs> Absolutely and you're going to automatically just feel better. Okay, that's not going to happen. But no. what you can do in that as part of that journaling or that, you know, whatever you decide to do to gain insight about your symptoms is something I talked about earlier, which is keep a scale, like a rating scale yeah. every day of your anxiety. So like- and you can find the rating scale on my Instagram page. It's on one of my posts. I posted it maybe a couple of weeks ago. I'll do it again maybe soon. But every day, maybe at morning and at night, wake up and you rate your anxiety from 1 to 10. Where are you? I want you to become more familiar of your own um, – like your own awareness to your own anxiety, yeah. right? So – and maybe at night when you do the rating scale from 1 to 10, you also jot down some notes – saying, okay, well, maybe it was different this morning. What do you think, what were some things that happened throughout your day that maybe made it, made your anxiety go to a higher level or a lower level? Maybe it was higher in the morning and it gradually got better. Maybe it was a lot lower in the morning and then increasingly like, oh my gosh, it increased. So like keeping that rating scale is honestly the best way to start, which I talk actually is part of my healing anxious triggers course, because it's like the first two lessons of it on how to keep this rating scale and what to do specifically, because that self-awareness is going to be the first step of really knowing when you're actually becoming more panicked or seeing a pattern of when it happens. That's literally why I created that one day at a time journal planner because in it it check it you have to check in in the morning and then you have to check in at night and each day you have to log your symptoms so like it is the awesome. perfect platform to have with therapy <clears throat> with with yeah. courses you just go you take it with you wherever you go exactly so i, I would mean, suggest that doing the rating scale at least you know for a week seeing how it, it's helpful helpful to you but i mean i i do it now just habitually. So, um, yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed, you know, talking a little bit about this. I know sometimes these conversations can be a little bit triggering for everybody. So we do want to let you know that we have so many resources on our Instagram. 
Mine is the anxiety healer. Taylor, what is your Instagram again? <laughs> Mine's the good old at health underscore anxiety. <laughs> And so many resources on how to heal your anxiety and help with these symptoms that uh, might feel debilitating. And you can hear our story and our journey and you can check out the Anxiety Healing School, which is my online platform that has a bunch of anxiety healing courses um, that you can um, go online and do from the comfort of your own home. A lot of them are amazing to do while you're actually in therapy and working with a counselor. A lot of them you can do on your own. You don't need to be in therapy. Um, but just go to the anxietyhealingschool.com and you can check those out. And what else, Taylor, about you have an awesome blog? Yes, I have peakofpanic.com. Um, like I said, I created that planner uh, journal and that one's been a hit, especially for me. I, I gave you one, right? Yes. And then, awesome. and then Allison's actually going to be giving one away. Yes, I'm doing a giveaway. She hit 250. No, That's thank amazing. You guys so much. I just got to 250,000 on my Instagram and I'm so excited because that just means I'm spreading more awareness for anxiety healing and mental health right. um, awareness. So I love it and I love you guys. So we'll be doing a giveaway soon. Um, but we hope you enjoyed this and we yeah. will talk to you soon. Talk soon. Ha happy healing. I love when you say that. Okay, bye guys. Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, it's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well, so go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out, and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Thank you.